the Samsung Neo QLED 8K TV featuring incredible color volume with 8K AI upscaling powered by 20 neural networks on an impossibly slim screen is the kind of TV that's so visually astounding, so unfathomably well designed, it has to be seen to be believed. Don't believe me? Well, okay then. Radio has its limits. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and is... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Welcome to another episode of In the Know, brought to you by our partners, betonline.ag. Man, it's been a while since we've had an episode, but now that the season is starting back up, we should be getting back on track here. Mason, what's up? I heard you got a little pup. What's his name? What is he? What's he up to? Tell me the details. He he is... Uh, his name's Moshi. He's a mini Bernie Doodle, and he's a handful, but we love him. Uh, we, we picked him up, actually, right about this time a week ago. Um, and so it's been, a, it's been quite a week. Uh, not, not, not sleeping through the night. I, I wouldn't say I'm sleeping less, maybe a little less, but um, there's, yeah, just waking up to take him out a little harder in Chicago in an apartment lifestyle. Um, but uh, 
And he's got a little, he, he bites a little bit too much right now, but uh, all things considered, I think we've, we've had a good week so far considering Anna and I both have never had a dog before. So this is our very first uh, pet. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's been fun and I'm sure it'll only get better. Oh yeah. It's going to be amazing for the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> when you say he bites uh, a lot, are you guys like reacting appropriately when he uh, puts teeth on you? You like, you know, really extrapping it with your owls and, and whatnot. Yeah, that, that's what we're doing. Um, and just trying to um, avoid and, and get out of the way of bites when, when we can, just to make sure he's not even thinking about doing it as much more easier said than done, but that's the kind of stuff we're working on. Yeah. We, we were, we, we had a six hour drive after we picked him up in Ohio back to uh, Chicago. And even before that, we were heavy on the, on the podcasts um, uh, and, and just trying, trying to learn everything we could about how to, how to train him the right way. So I think, I think we're in a good spot. And we got, I got a, got, a lot, got a lot of good advice from people on Twitter too. So if you're one of the people who, who sent me dog, dog training tips, I appreciate it. That's exciting stuff, man. There's nothing like a young pup and then, you know, it's, it's good bonding time. And then they, they're going to forge this like lifetime bond with you. It's, it's going to be amazing. You're in for a really good ride. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited for you. Yeah, but, how, how you been? What you, what you been up to? Man, I've been good. I actually, if you, you guys probably saw me posting about this on Twitter, but I just downloaded um, a new PlayStation game called The Ghost of Tsushima, and it is visually stunning. It is one of the most beautiful games that I've played so far. I'm not very far into it, obviously, because it came out yesterday, and I've had some things to do, but it is just cinematically gorgeous, and the colors are gorgeous, and the camera work is gorgeous, and it it feels fun to play, too. And What it is, it's a game set in feudal Japan during the invasion of the Mongolian empire. Um, one of Genghis Khan's nephews, I believe. I, I don't know what the, or great nephews or something like that uh, <clears throat> invades uh, Japan and you're on this little Island and your Island got invaded and you basically suffer like the Island's army basically suffers a defeat. And then you're kind of like this disgraced samurai who's lost, but you're trying to win back the Island and there's uh, Mongolians everywhere. And so that's kind of your tale of, of what you're trying to do. So I'm not very far into it. It's been amazing so far. And I can't wait to continue playing. Well, I appreciate you taking your time out of your, uh, out of your weekend to, uh, to to chat with me rather than go playing it. So uh, cause I, I've been play- like, a, I'm not a big video game guy. Or I, I definitely used to be when I was younger. And uh, I just, it was just that I didn't, I never invested in the new systems. And, uh, but I, I can I can still relate to the addiction feeling when a new game comes out. You just want to play and play, so um, that, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's going to be exciting stuff. But we're here to talk about the Pelicans and basketball. And the Pelicans, since we've last recorded, have made it successfully into the bubble. And the bubble seems to be a sight to behold, uh, depending on who you ask about it. We've seen many NBA players. Especially on the first night, you know, post on their social medias about the quality of food, maybe the quality of accommodations, and they weren't too happy. And it's kind of funny because it came across as a little bit entitled, um, if not a little bit pretentious. And then ever since then, there's kind of been like this counterwave of like, no, it's actually not that bad. Like it's pretty good. Like I can't complain. And you know, there's there's worse things out there, et cetera, et cetera. But it seems like the Pelicans themselves in general are handling handling themselves well. Even though bubble. it's a, uh, even though it's Tillman Fertitta sponsored restaurants, right? 
that's just the most ridiculous thing ever. The NBA decided to give the restaurant contracts to pretty much all these restaurants owned by Fertitta. Like what that is. Yeah. I, we can go on about that, but I'd rather not. Yeah. In any case, enough. you know, there's been fun bubble activities. We've seen JJ Reddick shotgun a beer. We've seen uh, Josh Hart stream video games live from where he's at. We've seen Jackson Hayes take over a social media account on overtime. Uh, a lot of golf going on. There's been some really good quotes to come out of it. Melly said something along the lines of, you know, I, I like the United States of America, but your coffee sucks. And, and he brought so his own co- coffee machine. So it's, it seems like the players are having a good time and they're able to just truly focus on basketball, which is good. Yeah. And we even got a, a content as recent as like the last 24 hours with uh, Reddick and Hart have been particularly funny. Uh, Reddick with the ice bath and then Josh Hart with the, with the bath. I don't know if you can call it an ice bath, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of cool seeing how these guys are trying to stick to some, some semblance of normalcy in their rituals um, like I think that was like a like a blow up bathtub that, that these guys were in. Like, or that's at least what it looked like. And so, um, it's just it, yeah, it's kind of kind of funny to see all that. And and it, it's the 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 ability to reconcile that this is very off from what they're used to, but also in some ways maybe it could be better. Uh, it is and that's not even I'm not even talking about the health aspect whether or not they're more or less likely based on their daily lives versus where they are now to, to be at risk for coronavirus I'm just talking about their day-to-day um, you know the, the less the, the, the sillier stuff and just like the um, you know a, ability to feel some sort sort of normalcy and um, we were talking right before this podcast about uh, as our article came out um, Harrison uh, put it out or on, about LeBron and how this is actually something that uh, may in a weird way be nice for him because he's not going to get mobbed everywhere he goes. He's not the, he's not the center of attention. He can just be live a normal quote unquote normal life in the bubble. Uh, and and you were saying how maybe Zion might feel that same way. Um, I, 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 we'll get to the fact that he just left recently, but I'm interested to hear if you other thoughts around that. Yeah, basically, you know, Zion has been this sensation uh, since the latter part of his high school career but you know obviously through college and in new orleans everywhere he goes he gets mobbed and there's this ginormous autograph line there's cameras everywhere there's reporters everywhere it's hard to be a kid it's hard to be a kid and just focus on basketball and the part of what you know contributed to him being out of shape because he had this whole like media and award circuit thing that he had to go through before the draft and shortly after the draft and now this was his time for him to only focus on basketball away from everything. And I think the quarantine downtime really helped with that. And we saw the results of it with that amazing picture he posted um, of him being in really good shape, but, you know, being in the bubble, just focusing on basketball in a completely distraction-free environment, uh, I thought was going to be really good for him. And it still might be, but unfortunately uh, he's had to leave the bubble with a family emergency. And, and I'll be honest, like if, if he's leaving the bubble, it's probably not a trivial thing. And so my thoughts are with him and his family and hopefully they can get that all sorted out. And um, I, you know, my personal opinion on this is if if it reaches a certain point um, and by point, I mean like time frame, uh, he he should definitely entertain the idea of not coming back in the bubble. Um, Obviously he and the Pelicans and his agent and family know what's best for him and they'll figure out whatever's necessary, but uh, I think there's probably 
there probably is a threshold there somewhere where the hassle of coming back in the bubble, going through another quarantine and missing all this time in terms of five on five play and missing the preseason uh, and jumping straight into NBA games um, may actually increase risks for him as far as getting hurt or, uh, or anything else like that. So again, I'm not, I don't pretend like I have all the information, but I, I, I've mentally prepared myself for the fact that that's a possibility and, and I'm honestly expecting it to happen. So I'm not disappointed later. Fair enough. That's interesting. And, and I think those, if there's one thing we know about this Pelicans organization, and this really has transcended uh, leadership groups, you know, uh, and this is that they're going to, you know, always play it safe and, and do what's in the best interest of the player. And I don't think you'll see any sort of pressure from the Pelicans organization up top to bottom to, to get him to come back before he's ready. And so um, again, we don't, don't know exactly what's going on. I agree with you that we can assume that it's not great. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's uh, taking that outlook um, is, is reasonable. Um, not to say it's likely, but uh, I think it's, it's definitely not um, <laughs> a, a 0% chance of happening that he doesn't come back. So, um, so I, I think, yeah, it's, it's uh, it's just it, it, we'll 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 play take it day by day and see and and I think the one thing also to mention is you know re- respect it don't you know don't don't speculate no one the fact that the team was the outlet to to really uh, break this news and not like some other media source I, it tells you how how close to the chest everyone's keeping this and so let's just wait um, keep our thoughts with Zion and his family and and we'll see what's what's up uh, whenever whenever we can get more information from them. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? Bet Online has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. It's extremely close to the chest. I've asked a lot of people about this, and um, usually the people in the know who would know these things uh, also have not heard a peep. And then obviously people around the team don't want to share. So they're keeping this very close to the chest. And I, at this point, you're right. I think we should just respect their their privacy, but um, kind of on a lighter note, no Zion probably means more Kenrich baby. And uh, <laughs> Kenrich Williams has been balling out of practice. I don't know if you guys have noticed um, a few of us have been posting videos of Pelican scrimmages and uh, drills and stuff online. And, and Kenny hustle is back and he's looking good. Do you have any thoughts on, on Kenny hustle Mason? Do you think he's uh, ready to start uh, 36 minutes a game? <laughs> um if he can make more than uh, 20% of his threes, that would be a nice plus. But um, I mean, I think that's, he, he's clearly a guy who can contribute and be a valuable, valuable player. I mean, Kenny hustle, he earned that nickname, uh, but he's, I mean, he, I think it undersells some of the other things he adds to the, to the team uh, mainly from defense and rebounding perspective. And so um, I think if, he gets the opportunity and look, it looks like I'm sure he's been focusing on his shot for as long as he has been able to, uh, obviously the, the health was a, was a concern and um, it was a back issue, right? With yeah, him? yeah. Yeah. I think and so. so. 
and that and so that's something that's tough whereas maybe some certain injuries you can you can still do a little bit of shooting while you're recovering but i i mean i, I would imagine it's pretty tough to do anything like that when you when that's at your back that's hurt so um but yeah it, it looks like he's uh he's ready to go and i would i would hope and and expect that well i, I guess well, let's say Zion does come back. Do you think he's he's getting regular rotation minutes? I, I I do because I think they go a little bit longer in the how many players are getting getting some minutes, uh, especially as they ramp up here. But curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I have no idea what the minutes are going to look like. I've looked up and down this roster, and the only people I feel comfortable about saying they should not get any minutes ever are Frank Jackson and Jaleel Okafor. That's it. I don't. I don't think those guys should get minutes. I think they will get minutes because of the nature of the bubble and the nature of the preseason and everything else. But besides that, I have no idea who's going to get minutes where. And you know, it, it would not surprise me if Kenrich didn't play at all. It would not surprise me if he played twenty-five minutes a game. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm with you on that. Uh, I mean, also. I guess we have to, we have to consider the two way guys as part of the team now. So I guess though you would include those two guys alongside Frank and Ja, right? Honestly, I would play them way before I play Frank and Ja. I I, I agree with you, but <laughs> if we're still stack ranking, uh, I I think you've still got like a dozen guys who you can play ahead of them, and I don't see like I don't see a way to get minutes. But um, but yeah, same page there. I think we should see more Melly. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts some games or is is a spot starter or so just to kind of take the defensive uh, load off of Brandon Ingram so he doesn't have to defend bigger fours and to add a little bit of rebounding and perhaps even spacing because I guess the alternative to start JJ. And while that lineup was pretty good and balling before Zion returned, uh, I'm not entirely sure – you know, that's something they want to lean on. Just, I, I feel like that's just a small, such a small lineup, but who knows? I think I'd, I'd be fine with either JJ and, and Melly uh, in that starting spot instead of Zion. And I'm sure they'll figure out whatever they need to when, by the time the first game comes around. And the funny thing is I was looking at the schedule. I'm like, you know, I, I feel like all these teams are beatable even without Zion, perhaps not the Clippers, depending on who's available for them or not. Uh, but like the Pelicans, played the jazz close multiple games and basically lost on fluke the the first time around. And then the second time around they did beat them. So the jazz are the first game, the jazz are missing Bogdanovich. They're going to be perhaps a little bit less of an offensive threat than this time around. And then this time the Pelicans should have favors uh, more healthy and a few other people more healthy. So I, I don't feel like that's this, this unwinnable game without Zion. Do you? No, no, I, I don't. And that's, uh, you, you bring up favors and that's, that's someone specifically on, uh, I, I was talking with some friends about who do I think, you know, we, who's the most likely guy to take a big jump other than Zion from pre, uh, pre hiatus to now. And I, I really want to believe that, that favors is, is healthier than he was for the, uh, you know, before the, the play uh, all stop back in March. Um, Cause I mean, we, it, it does look like he's even with the Pelicans this year, now the, the, on off court metrics be damned that he looks like he's been a little bit uh i don't know if it's slower or less nimble uh than he was in utah and so um i'm very curious to see how he he looks with the with the time off um so uh, but yeah i I ultimately i definitely agree with you that the jazz game is a is a winnable one uh when 
when, when things start back up. Yeah, it's interesting you, you bring up Favors, who I agree is probably one of the biggest beneficiaries from all his time off. Hopefully his back and knees have recovered to the point where he's feeling good, he's feeling springy and mobile enough, and I think that in and of itself would be a huge lift to the defense, not that you know Favors wasn't providing one by just not being Ja or Jackson Hayes, but <laughs> yeah. you know, if he looks like anything like Utah, Derek Favors, then the Pelicans – have themselves a real contributor yeah like the the rim protection numbers fell off a cliff this year for him and he was he, I mean I, I don't think he was ever elite in that area but he was definitely above average and this year he hasn't been um and so I, I think even if even if we can get him back to being an, uh, an average show above average rim protector um in addition to the other things he does for this team on defense would be would be a big win yeah speaking of body development a few other pelicans have gone through changes I think Brandon Ingram has put on some weight. Did they put a number on how much he gained? Uh, no, I, I haven't seen anything. Okay, well, Brandon Ingram's put on some weight, so they say J.J. Redick has dropped some weight. Nikhil Alexander-Walker has grown. And uh, I think just this might just be me, but I think Lonzo looks bigger. I could be wrong. But I think another year of physical development from some of the young guys should go uh, – I don't want to say a long way, but it should help because we saw with Brandon Ingram this year, just by but being stronger than he was in years past, he was able to get to spots and finish shots and not be bumped, bumped off his line when driving as frequently as he was in the past and also get to a line a lot too. So I think those physical development areas are something that David Griffin uh, have touched, has touched upon in the past where he talks about like, you know, these guys having the core strength of like baby giraffes essentially. And, <laughs> and so when these guys develop, hopefully good things will happen, but I guess it, it's a little too early to speak on that. Yeah. I mean, and, and speaking about Brandon and, and Lonzo specifically, see, I, I kind of feel like uh, adding, adding muscle will help Ingram more in the defensive end. Whereas on for Lonzo, I definitely think it helps him more on the offensive end. So I think, you know, I, I think Ingram, they're going to get a wide range of perspectives on his defense, but I think you and I would both agree that it wasn't good this year. And I think just being able to add strength, um, it helps him fight, fight with guys and, and maybe take some of the, um, the pressure off of other aspects of, of, of him on defense. And if you can just body up to guys, I think that that's, that helps. And then conversely for Lonzo, I, I think having, getting, adding a strength is, is important for him to finish through contact. And it also maybe helps him mentally and to, to, to believe in himself that he can get, you know, because we know he can drive. It's what he does once he, he gets there. That's the problem. And so if he has the confidence to, to, to go into to contact and, and finish or, or get to the line and, and then knock down free throws, I think that's a, that would be a, a, obviously a huge step forward for his offense and really open up a different part of his game. Yeah. You see, like I'm still more intrigued by the defensive end. I think if Lonzo continues to get stronger and fills out into this, truly like wing sized player where he, he is, you know, six six, six seven maybe with a six ten wingspan. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a prototypical wing in today's NBA. Um and if he's strong, like I think that kind of puts him on this path to potentially be this defensive destroyer. And I don't think he's ever going to be Drew Holiday at the point of attack. But, you know, I, I don't think he could be far behind but I think where his real value is going to be is just this like multi-positional Swiss army knife that just destroys passing lanes and 
um, creates a ton of havoc off ball. And then, you know, once if he's creating all these steals and if he's digging down against post opponents and switching left and right, he's going to create a lot of transition opportunities. And and we know how good he is uh, in transition at finding the right players and finding the right shots. And it's going to be a track meet if he's the defensive player that we think he's capable of being. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Is there uh, kind of going back to the Zion question of whether or not not he's, he comes back or, and, or when um, do you, do you think, and, and you were saying that they can still do pretty well without him. Uh, I, w- I would assume that if Zion's out, the so the Pelicans are currently one point favorites against Utah, or that's what number I first saw. Um, and so I would, and right now I would assume the only game they would not be favored in with with the healthy Zion is the Clippers game. Do you think any other games? The Jazz probably flips. The, the Jazz are probably favored if Zion can't play. But are any of the other games like Grizzlies, Sacramento, Washington, San Antonio, and, and Orlando? Do you see? Do you, would you have the Pelicans favored in each of those games uh, with or without Zion? Yeah, I, I really would. The Kings are the Kings game is the one or the two games that, that troubled me because I think they can be a wild card. With Zion, I don't I would not have had any problems with them. Without Zion, I feel like it's potential they can be a wild card, but they have their own mess of issues. I think was it four players on the Kings tested positive? Or something like that. I don't remember how many. They had, they had a handful of positive tests. They had uh, Rashawn Holmes, who had to quarantine for an additional eight days in the bubble because he crossed the line. Postmates. Right. <laughs> First to go get food. So that's, you know, eight days where he doesn't get to practice and work out with his team. De'Aaron Fox just suffered an ankle injury where he's out for seven to ten. Well, no, he's not out for seven to ten days. They're going to reevaluate him in seven to ten days. Yeah, right. Luke uh, Walton. Yeah, Walton said he's not too concerned about it. So I, I, as of right now, I'm operating as if he's going to be back for their first game. But yeah, I mean, he's he's currently injured, and so it's a it's a concern for them. Right. That's just to me. I'm looking at it it's like you have such a short time to come together and practice, and yep. that's that's your the entirety of your time to come together and practice that that you're out. And I feel that way with, with Zion too. Right. He's not going to have that opportunity, so I'm apprehensive about the return. But you know, I think Zion did return midseason in a lot worse conditions, if I must say so myself. And and he was fine. I think he's going to be fine. But like when you have a whole team that's just kind of out and about and, and not really uh, together, like mm-hmm. the situation with the Kings, I don't know what that's going to look like on the court. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's, that's certainly, certainly fair. And I think, so the Kings probably have the most issues they're dealing with um clippers obviously harrell left uh left the bubble for uh not, not unsure why but similar stated reason as zion i think um, i think they mentioned grandma oh okay i didn't see that thanks um and then we know your boy isn't gonna be playing for the wizards that game should be winnable with or without beal but even even more so now spurs have their own problems with alders and lyles i mean and then Orlando, I know, obviously, Isaac's out, which is huge, but he was already out uh, long-term before the, um, you know, the hiatus. Is, I don't know what their other status is like. Because that's like a sneaky, tough game at the end of the season, uh, because, especially because um, I, I can't remember actually what the Eastern Conference standings look like but um, and, or how, where that kind of – what their opportunity to rise or fall is. But, um, but I think that's, that's a game they still have to watch out for a little bit. Um, but I guess, uh, you know – 
We'll see. My point best, is like best other, case other scenario yeah. with Orlando is they've clinched their seventh seed and they just shut down their guys for the Pelicans game. Yeah. That's are the they, best case scenario. Are they close to Brooklyn right now? Because Brooklyn's going to fall off a cliff. I mean, they still might make the playoffs, but they're going to fall off because no one's healthy for them or no one's playing. They were close last I checked. But, yeah, Brooklyn doesn't have an active roster at this point, essentially. <laughs> have, and even, even Michael Beasley isn't playing. <laughs> who they, who they had just I mean, the, the Nets were 7 at 30 and 34. The Magic were 8 at 30 uh-huh. and 35. Yeah. So the Magic should clinch the seventh seed. Yep, that's that's yeah. I'm looking at the schedule now, and I definitely agree with you. I mean, if you only I haven't looked at either each of those teams' schedules, but given the fact that the Nets are kind of a, a tire fire right now with who with who's going to be playing in the restart, um, you, you'd hope that Orlando can lock in the seventh seed and just kind of shut it down. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. So again, I, I don't see this. It. I think because of the way the schedule is laid out. Zion could take his time to return. And, and if he does take his time and he returns, I, I think the Pelicans could still be fine. It's just, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not, too, I'm not too concerned as, about that. Yeah. As long as what we're determined, we're deeming fine. And I think this would be probably both of our views is that in, in, comp- in good shape to be able to get the ninth seed. Right. I mean, like eighth seed seems pretty far fetched. Screw it. Go for eight. <laughs> Even without Zion, huh? All right. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I think if it was – if you played – if, you know, you started at 0-0 zero, zero and you played this set of eight games at the beginning of the season where no one's shutting down because of seeding and all of that, I think there's no way Memphis would hold a lead. But I think Memphis can look out with – you know, they have a difficult strength of schedule, but I think they can look out – in the sense that most of the teams they might end up playing are probably going to be locked in wherever they are. And so what is truly incentive for them to ball out against Memphis? Yeah. It's like very, very frustrating. Like they, they close out with the top three teams in the East that all have like two and a half to three game cushions on each other. And obviously Milwaukee's the last one and they're way up. There's, I mean, they're, I can't see it foresee a situation where they're playing all their guys, normal minutes uh, against Memphis, but even like, even the Raptors and Celtics to a lesser degree may, may not have a ton of incentive to, you know, to go all out. Yeah. If only all their coaches were Mike D'Antoni who don't believe in that stuff, <laughs> play James Harden 40 minutes, which yeah, the Rockets are an interesting place because their stars testing positive yeah. for COVID. Man, I will say like in the bubble itself, I feel like the NBA has done a really good job of preventing the outbreaks because there's no, there hasn't been an MLS situation where, you know, the Dallas MLS team, like their whole traveling party got it upon arrival, basically, which was wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, 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 you know, they're, uh, I'm trying, I'm looking up and down the Western conference. Are there other, so Jokic is there, right? He got to, he's in Orlando now. Cause I know he was a late arrival. Yeah, he's back. Okay. Yeah, I think. Are there any others that we just haven't heard anything about that just like it's a by default we know that they're probably positive for COVID? I don't know. I have lost track at this point. Yeah, same. Well, it's also because like the league is really secretive about it. Mm-hmm. They don't want anyone to know. And so do we – who is the Pelicans player who got it lit? Uh, if you read between the lines of of the reporters, it's Josh Gray. Okay, 
I, I, cause I, I, feel, I, I remember getting to a, a, a degree of confidence on just a, it being one of a, a few different players, but I, I didn't, I just kind of stopped paying attention to it. So that, yeah, it, it's, it's Josh Gray. Everyone is in the bubble right now, except for Josh Gray. Makes sense. There is, well, I mean, Darius isn't in the bubble, but the replacement for Darius. Uh, but he was the practice facility. Right. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's Josh Gray. I don't, I don't expect Cindarius Thornwell to get real minutes. I mean, I, we'll probably see him in these like scrimmage games, but I, I, don't, I don't expect him to play any type of minutes because Josh Gray wouldn't have played minutes. Yeah. Well, well hopefully Josh is okay. I mean, obviously, yeah, like you said, the, the league is keeping this as confidential as possible, uh, which is only – it's not that much, obviously, but uh, hopefully he's doing all right. Yeah. This concludes – Part one of the podcast. Stay tuned for part two. What's up, everybody? I'm Bladen. I'm Matt. And I'm Theo. And we are Stay Hot, the only podcast that gives you the hottest analysis and takes on the NFL and NBA all year round. I know that there's a lot of losers and haters out there who don't think three sports TikTokers can hang for a full pod, but, you know, we're going to prove them all wrong. We're about to dive deep into the NFL draft and are already hitting the NBA playoffs. So watch Stay Hot on YouTube or listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.